0: Welcome to the Asbury First United Methodist Church Weekly Sermon. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about this podcast or other ways to connect, please visit asburyfirst.org. I'm so excited to introduce you to our third preacher in the Little Help from Our Friends preaching series for this month. The Reverend Bryant Clark is here from Marcellus United Methodist Church in Marcellus, New York, He is a gift to me as he was the pastor of the church. You may remember a couple of years ago, I took a little time over the summer and I shared with you that I worshiped at a little church in Hamilton, New York, where he was the minister, and I sat at his feet each week, and I found his messages to be hopeful and life-giving, as I know you will find his messages to be hopeful and life-giving. And so, Bryant, thank you for being a friend, and thank you for sharing your message of hope and inclusion with this congregation. Welcome. It's high up here. (laughs) The Lord be with you. Friends, my name is Bryant Clark and I do currently preach at Marcellus United Methodist Church. Before I start today, I feel compelled to say a few thank yous. Uh, First of all, thank you to Stephen for inviting me to come be with you all, it is such a a great honor. I wanna thank uh, this Asbury First community. You guys have been so welcoming and so hospitable to me already just this morning and last night. I wanna thank my wife who just two weeks ago, just over two weeks ago gave birth to our second born daughter, Ella, uh, and somehow helped me be here, helped both our girls get here. Uh, She is a a miracle and a gift. She's also your Upper New York Director of Missional Engagement, so get to know her work as well. But more than anything, friends, I wanna thank you for being the church that you are. I don't know if you know, but we look up to you, not just because of the size of your congregation or the height of your ceiling, (laughs) but because it is reflected in the size of your heart. The way that you reach out to your community in this neighborhood called Rochester, the way that this congregation stands for justice, and is a place, a beacon for inclusion and light. It means so much, not just to to be with you, but to know that this church is who it is and continues to be. Friends, will you pray with me? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us, gathered here. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us, melt us, mold us, shape us, move us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. In 1954, the Supreme Court handed down its decision in Brown v. Board of Education, officially desegregating schools in this country. But that landmark decision did not keep one Emmett Till from being lynched just a year later. Down in Mississippi, a boy, a 14-year-old black boy, was lynched for allegedly whistling at a white woman as she passed his way. Two days later, his body was found bloated, for being weighed down in a river, weighed down not by a crown of thorns, but a necklace of barbed wire attached to steel. His face had been beaten beyond recognition, an eyeball hanging from its socket, a gunshot wound just above his left temple. His mother made a choice. Mammy Till Bradley made a choice that her boy's funeral would not be a quiet thing or a hidden thing or a shamed thing but an open casket so that the whole world could see what was done to her little boy. Thousands upon thousands of mourners viewed his body and millions across this nation and perhaps the world shared in the horror and grief. Four weeks later, another choice was made, this time on an all-white, all-male jury, acquitting his murderers of all charges. She was thinking about Emmett Till when she refused to give her seat up on the bus. Sometimes we forget how all these things are connected. History just sort of happens one thing on top of the next. She was thinking about Emmett Till, Rosa Parks and her family, and all the injustices that they had endured just a few months after Emmett was murdered. Many years later, Rosa Parks reflected back on that moment saying people always say that I didn't give up my seat because I was tired. But that isn't true. The only tired I was was tired of giving in. Back then, bus drivers were deputized, carrying firearms, deputized to make arrests, to beat, to assault any person of color that refused to cooperate. Rosa Parks was not the first. But the community was ready. We know in our time, injustice still pervades our lives and our world. We know that there are systemic forces coming from generations behind us that are still plaguing us today. We know that there are persons more attached to their power or God help us their comfort than they are committed to justice, to what is right. Friends, I know these days there's a lot of noise, a lot of doubt sown. There are a lot of people that seem to try to convince you that you're the crazy one, right? But we know. We know what injustice looks like. We feel what hurt feels like. And because of our faith, we know that there is a better way. In times like these, it is good that we can still gather in places like this, create communities like this, to remember the stories of our people and our ancestors. Some stories stick with us so well, some words echo through the centuries. We might remember today the words of the prophet Micah, who was himself dissatisfied with the status quo in his own day. It was the age of empire, there was violence everywhere. The promises of Israel had seen to wane a bit. The kings were unjust, and the priests especially had taken advantage of their position. They were supposed to be intermediaries between God's truth and this world, but instead, they prioritized their own comfort, prioritized their own riches, The prophet Micah sees this world not through the eyes of God, but with the heart of God. And the prophet Micah, like many other prophets before and after him, had his heart break alongside God's when he saw the plight of the orphan or the widow or the oppressed in his day. He's talking to the priests when he says his first line, with what shall I come before the Lord? You can almost hear the sarcasm in his voice, his eyes rolling to the ceiling, with what shall I come before the Lord? You intercessories, you holders of truth and power. What must I give? What must I bring to be considered worthy? have the dignity of being a child of God? Do I need a fatted calf? Do I need a thousand rams? How about ten thousand rivers of oil? Do I need to kill my firstborn for my own transgression? No. He has already told you, O mortal, what is good. We might first think that he is calling these priests mortals, reminding them of their actual state. After all, that is a bedrock of our faith. We are all children of God, each endowed with a certain dignity just because we live. But the truth is, with humility, it's, it's not really about putting yourself down, or making yourself shamed. It's just about saying people are people. Mortals are mortals. Nobody's better than me, and I'm not better than anybody else. But actually, Micah speaks to us, the common folk, regular people you know what is good. We know what is good. In an age where everybody seems to have an opinion, everybody's favorite pastime is standing in one place and being right. In an age where there seems to be no clear way forward and certainly no way of going back, We are in a moment where God speaks truth directly to us. We do not need intercessors. We don't need scholars. We don't need fancy leaders. We don't need the right presidential candidate. We do not need people on TV to tell us what is right. We know God has already told us what is good. This moves. God has told you, O mortal, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? You know. I know you already know. Friends, it's Black History Month, and I'll confess that uh, as a white person, I have a lot of bad habits around Black History Month. It's A time where we on the one hand uh, grandize certain people beyond what is reasonable or critique other people beyond what is right. Sometimes we go in bad directions. We might fetishize the abuse that certain bodies have endured. I know there's lots of ways to remember black history. maybe it's not right for me to use this holiday to find what I need. But I don't need more stories of injustice. I, I, don't, I don't need to remember their names. I remember them. Communities like this, we remember them. I need a hero. Not any great person. I, I just need some saints. See, we can remember our history through our leaders. It's, it's sort of an accident of, of remembering history. It's, it's easier to do it that way, right? George Washington and the guy, and da da da. But the truth is that all history is lived by people, regular people like you and me. And so while there are many leaders that we could celebrate today, the saints I celebrate, the role models of my faith are those tens of thousands of people in Montgomery that chose to walk. After Rosa Parks, was arrested, the community was ready. She had not, she was not the, the first person to, to be arrested for doing this. She was not the first person to take a stand. There was rumblings about all over the community in, in barber shops and bars and in churches. Maybe we could boycott the buses, they said. They were ready They organized. There was 40 different drop-off places. People volunteered their cars. They volunteered to drive. Churches, maybe like this one, might have bought a station wagon and lend a hand. Some of them drove. Some of them were carpooled. Some of them took cabs, but some of them walked. Equity, community at its core, this protest that lasted 381 days. They shared the responsibility to walk. On the one hand, so that no one would grow tired. On the other hand, so that no one should walk alone. Deep in their hearts. They knew what was right and so they walked." Maybe this is a an aside or a tangent I'm not sure but thinking about leaders for a second again you're about to get a new one and uh, I'm sure they'll be great. They'll have new ideas and, and new perspectives. They will be different. They will not be perfect. And they will not be Stephen. But they will walk with you. If you let them. Words echo from centuries long ago in a time of confusion and violence and injustice, in a time when the forces that should have helped us seem to be standing in our way the words echo truer still. He has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Friends, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for being Asbury first. Continue to walk. Continue to walk with God, with one another, with kindness in your heart towards justice and righteousness. We need churches like this. We need communities like this. Because hope is something that we each hold individually. It's something that is down deep in us a little flicker of something it's maybe just next to the soul i don't know how it works but i know that when we hold it together it changes everything so friends let us walk amen Amen. thank you for listening to the asbury first weekly sermon if you enjoyed this message, please visit asburyfirst.org and learn more about our mission to love God and neighbor, live fully, serve all, repeat.